Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, and your first listen each and every day. We thank you for making the Locked On Eagles podcast your first listen each and every day, five times a week. And I have to say thank you to all our listeners over the years. It just came across the desk the other day that Lou and myself have now done over 750 episodes as a duo together since 2018. I just wanted to say thank you before we got into this episode. It wouldn't be possible without our fans. They are the greatest here at the Locked On Podcast Network, especially at the Locked On Eagles Podcast. But today, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house. In the head-to-heads fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. And we're talking about a big game coming up here in Philadelphia. They're taking on the New York Jets, making another trip up to the Meadowlands where they were just last week, where they suffered a loss at the hands of the New York Giants. We're getting into this matchup with our friend over at Locked On Jets, John Butchko. We get into a great discussion about the Eagles quarterback situation, about the Jets quarterback situation, how these teams compare in terms of the front office. Joe Douglas comes from that Howie Roseman tree. And we just talk about the state of both of these teams because we know right now the Eagles have a chance to get to the playoffs. They need to pick up this win here before the bye week. And the Jets are looking probably towards the end of the year to get into draft mode to continue on this rebuild. So this is one of those games where it only happens every four years. We get it, thankfully, now because of this 17th game in the schedule. We were able to pick up a game against the Jets that wasn't a preseason game, which we see every single year at the conclusion of the preseason, which is one of the greatest traditions in all of sports, if we're being honest. But this game matters much more than a preseason game does. Can the Eagles get to six and seven? Can they best the Jets in a stadium that got the best of them last week? And we will get into that discussion when we come back from the break as we talk to our friend John Butchko over at Locked On Jets. We always do our LOE three presented by Bet Online here at the Locked On Eagles podcast. But when it comes to daily fantasy sports, I'm always using Stat Hero. It would be too much for me to keep up each day that I'm putting in a fantasy lineup at Stat Hero. It's daily fantasy, winner take all. You're in a position where you are in the driver's seat because you get to pick who you take on. You set your lineup. And you see the lineup that you want to play and you control your fate with stat hero. You are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you are going to play for. And stat hero has no choice, but to take you one-on-one. And if this week you want to take part of our mix and treat running back only, I'm going with Joe Mixon, Eli Mitchell, and Alex Madison. They're projected at 51.1 points. If you want to take me on, Head-to-head, sign up now for free at stathero.com slash LockedOn and use the promo code LockedOn for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash LockedOn. Use a promo code LockedOn for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash LockedOn. Promo code LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. The Jets and the Eagles play this Sunday. This is John from LockedOn Jets along with Gino from LockedOn Eagles. We have... 
crossover Thursday today here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Gino, nice to speak with you today. Yeah, this is one of those events that doesn't happen very often. We have the addition of the 17th game this season, so that's why we get to play each other outside of the four-year rotation and, of course, outside of our annual final preseason game of the year, which always is an event when guys are making their way onto the roster. It's always a great final preseason game, but we're talking regular season action between two rookie head coaches and two quarterbacks that are, I would say, judged as rookies right now in Wilson and Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. And that's what I was about to mention, that annual preseason game. It's probably the least consequential game (laughs) each team plays every year. Maybe not so much for the guys playing because they're competing for roster spots. But I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh, we don't play the Eagles much, but we really do. We see each other every year and it is the backup bowl. Maybe there should be like a trophy for that game. We actually do award a preseason trophy for uh, our podcast. We call it the Jacory Shepard Annual Award. He was a great uh, pr- camp body that we had a couple of years ago. So we award it to the best camp body every year. And it usually comes down to that final Jets game. So it does mean a lot to our fans over at Lockdown Eagles. And it means a lot that each year you are going into a season. And that's the last rep that you're going to see before you kick off and for the Eagles started out hot, but things kind of slipped up down the way. And then they're here back in contention for the playoffs, which if you were to ask me before the season started, if that was going to be in the conversation, I would have said no way. All right. Well, Gina, let me begin by asking you what's going on with the Eagles quarterback position this week. Yeah. So right now it looks like Jalen hurts should be a good to go. It, could have been questionable if it was a higher ankle sprain, but it looks like it is a lower ankle sprain. It is kind of ironic that their right guard, Jack Driscoll, suffered that same injury last week against the Giants, and he's out for multiple weeks, but it just happened to be a high ankle sprain on Jack Driscoll rather than a low ankle sprain on Jalen Hurts that he suffered from somebody just stepping on his ankle. He should be good to go. He was limited in practice today, as well as a lot of guys on this team. There were probably upwards of 10 to 12 guys that either were limited in practice or did not practice today. With this 14th week on the schedule as the bye week because of this 17th game, the Eagles are beaten and banged up. And a guy in Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position who does like to negotiate outside of the pocket and that does leave him susceptible to hits, sometimes him going head on with a linebacker, he gets up and he's okay, but then he's just standing in the pocket and on accident he gets stepped on by his offensive line. And we're sitting here going into a game against the Jets where they really do need to come out firing and get a win if they want to stay in this discussion for the playoffs. Or if you suffer a loss at the hands of the Jets, a team that with Joe Douglas in the front office and now Joe Flacco there as well, there's a lot of, I would say, similarities between this team and terms of how they're built how they're trying to get built and it all starts with that quarterback position both teams have guys that are very good athletes and very smart players at that position how would you grade Hertz's performance so far this season yeah I I would say that you kind of have to grade Jalen almost as if you're playing around a golf you got to take it hole by hole you got to see each game 
as it is. And early on in the season, I think they were making him pass too much. There were times that he had upwards of 40 to 45 pass attempts. That is way too much for Jalen Hurts. But what you have seen in the past couple weeks where he's throwing anywhere between 18 to 31, which was his maximum throws in last week's game, he has done a better job because he has that athleticism, which will help him out by allowing him to get outside the pocket, pick up yards on the ground with his legs. So teams have to respect his running ability. But if you want to beat him, you do what the Giants did last week and you make him be a quarterback. The one thing about Jalen Hurts is that you can't judge him on his confidence, his ability to go out and compete in games and his toughness. He has that up and down the charts. There's so many examples of it. But when it comes to the arm talent, and you talk about a guy on the other side of the field in Zach Wilson, who, I mean, everybody has seen clips of Zach Wilson throwing the ball 65-plus yards. He has unbelievable arm talent. It's when a game is in that passing territory where you have to pass your way back into a game. If you're down 14 or 17 points very quick in a game, can Jalen Hurts get to that point? I would give Jalen Hurts on the ground an A-plus with his arm a C to a C minus. I still need to see more. And even a lot of the examples I saw weren't against the best defenses in the league outside of the chargers, which was a pretty decent defense, but still he's not doing enough to even be a guy that you can win with last week. He fully cost them that game with three interceptions. He can't do that again against the jets. He has to come out there, play smart football, and be able to not turn the ball over. That's all they ask of Jalen Hurts. And then pick up yards on the ground. That's fine. They're a run-happy team. They're efficient on the ground. If they keep it that way and they don't put the ball in the air 40 times a game, they'll be okay. Who are some of the top weapons on this Eagles offense? Yeah, so when you look at this offense, you have to look instantly to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith has been... One of the best receivers, I think, in the NFC East and one of the better ones in football as a whole. A guy who is maybe 165 pounds soaking wet does not play like a guy who has his frame and has his build. He plays much bigger. I was at the game in Denver a couple weeks ago where he went up against Pat Sertain on a 50-50 ball and quote-unquote mossed Pat Sertain for his first touchdown of the game. He has been the most efficient receiver. He has been the best blocking receiver in terms of their top three weapons. Their next best weapon is in receiver. It's a tight end in Dallas Goddard, who they had enough confidence in to trade away Zach Ertz, who is going to be probably a Hall of Famer and is all pro year in and year out to Arizona, who's looking to make a Super Bowl run. But a team in the position of Philadelphia – had Dallas Goddard in their back pocket, who's a top six tight end right now in football. And it's been those two guys in the passing game to get things done. Outside of them, it's been a lot of those yards on the ground. It comes from the offensive line, being able to dominate defensive lines, and guys like Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, in a committee-style approach, picking up enough yards on the ground to get it done. The area that they lack in, I would say, is pure passing. But when it comes down to a game where they're going to grind you out, where they're going to run down the clock for six-plus minutes in the fourth quarter to get a win, that's where the Eagles 
succeed on offense and it comes from their offensive line. Those guys won't get the recognition and the star power from playing fantasy football, but they're the best unit on this team, bar none. And my last question for you is just on the other side of the ball. Can you name some key players on this Eagles defense? You have to look right at that defensive line. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, two of the best interior rushers in football right now. The only area that can kind of be good and bad for them is that they are an attack first defense where they want those defensive linemen to get upfield. But if you are playing an offense where they get the ball out quickly, you could kind of overcome that. But if it turns out to be like the game a couple years ago where they played the Jets, where they just sent the house multiple times, different defensive coordinator, but a guy who coaches very similarly, Jonathan Gannon has this approach to his defense where he is going to make it difficult for a young quarterback with those guys up front because on the back end you have Darius Slay, who hasn't allowed a reception in weeks, I feel. Nobody throws his way, and he simply has been the best defensive player I have seen at the cornerback position in Philadelphia since Asante Samuel, without a doubt. And he's a guy that is a game changer, and I would put the ball in his hands any day of the week. If you want to throw at him, go ahead, but you should pick on Steven Nelson on the other side, who is not nearly as good as Darius Slay, but I look at those big three, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, should be all pro candidates, at least Pro Bowl candidates for sure. But I would give Javon Hargrave and Darius Slay Pro Bowl and all pro nods right now. They've been playing exceptional football. All right, well, Gino's, Gino, gives us a tradi- Gino gave us a tremendous look at the Philadelphia Eagles, but this is a crossover episode of Locked On Jets and Locked On Eagles. So we're about to flip the script. Gino will lead us back in, and we will talk about the New York Jets. We were talking daily fantasy. Now we're getting back to where we put our bets in every Sunday for LOE3. Bet Online has you covered all season long for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all your sports action. Head there today. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, just look in the name of the show, to get that promo code for a 50% welcome bonus. They will take your money, say it's $100, you'll get 50% of that plus the $100 that you put in, so you'll get $150 to go and bet on basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC. You have soccer every single day in all the countries all over the world, your favorite Vegas casino games. Take advantage of these offers today because in 2021, you're only going to get a day closer to 2022 when they have even greater offers. So sign up today at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome on back, everybody, to this crossover Thursday edition here with the host of Locked On Eagles, Gino Camilleri, and our good friend over at Locked On Jets, John Buchko. John. What is going on in New York? We're coming up to the Meadowlands for a second consecutive week. The Philadelphia Eagles lost at the hands of the Giants last week. The Jets are in a position where they're looking, I would say, maybe towards the end of the season, towards the draft. They're in this couple-year rebuild mode. But it, it looks like they've been playing better football here down the last couple weeks. What has been going on in New York? And do you expect them to put up a good fight against Philadelphia in the Meadowlands? Well, in all honesty, the biggest factor in the improved performances of the last couple of weeks has probably been the level of competition because they went from playing 
teams like New England and Indianapolis and Buffalo to the Dolphins, and then last week the Houston Texans. The Jets were very uneven last weekend against Houston, and I think that that win had as much to do with the Texans as it did the Jets. That said, Mm -hmm. the Lions did play better than they had in recent weeks. I think the Jets did control the trenches. Again, part of this is probably due to the opponent that they were playing. On the defensive line, the guys came to play. John Franklin Myers had gotten a contract extension earlier in the autumn, It really had not done much since then. He registered a pair of sacks and made a nice interception on a deflected pass early in the game. Quinnen Williams, the third overall pick from 2019, has been inconsistent this year. There have been games where he's been dominant, and there have been games where he's really been pushed around. And that was especially true in the weeks following the bye where the Jets defense, I think the first three games out of the bye were was allowing 45 points per game. It was ugly. They were getting pushed around up front. This team really is built around the defensive line on that side of the ball. Now, on offense, they've got some pieces. Elijah Moore has really come on in recent weeks. He was one of the stars of training camp for the Jets. He suffered an injury before the start of the preseason, so we did not get to see him in the annual rivalry preseason game between Hmm. the Jets and the Eagles. Although we may not have anyway, because he is a starter. He began the season kind of slow, but the last couple of weeks, he's really come on strong. He's become a featured part of the offense. They're getting him the ball in space on end around jet sweeps. They're trying to throw him screens. And he also has started making big plays. He got a lot of speed a couple of weeks ago against Miami. He had a long touchdown catch on the offensive line. There's been a change. The Jets made a deal at the deadline, acquiring Laurent Duvernay-Tardif from the Kansas City Chiefs. He replaced Greg Van Roten at right guard. And Van Roten has been the weak link all season for the Jets. The Jets don't have a great offensive line, but they have some workable parts there. And they did everywhere except for right guard. I think there's been a big difference the last couple of weeks with him in there. He's helped stabilize the offensive line and gotten into a place where it's credible, where the Jets can at least hold their own in the trenches. So let's stick with that offense. And you, you talk about this offensive line. Has the run game been there behind that offensive line? Or has it been one of those things where they're trying to set up this passing offense so teams key in on the run? Or has the rush game been successful because the Eagles are a team that allow a ton of yards to running backs, both in the pass game and on the ground. Last weekend, the run game was very good. It's been a struggle prior to that. And I think a lot of that went back to the run blocking, particularly Van Roten at right guard. Now, I don't want to put it all on him. I don't think it's fair to blame one player, but the Jets had a quality rookie back, Michael Carter, who they got early in the fourth round, who was playing very well. And if you look at some of the advanced stats, whether it's yards after contact or forced tackles missed. He was in the upper echelon of the league in those categories. And yet his yards per carry average was not very good, which indicates the Jets have been kind of struggling with their run block. And I do think things have stabilized a bit the last couple of weeks. And again, that might go back to the change that they made at right guard, but it hasn't been consistent enough this season. And They brought in, of course, Robert Sala as their new head coach. He came from San Francisco. The offensive coordinator is Michael LaFleur, who the Jets also brought in from San Francisco. And he he has installed what's known as the quote-unquote Shanahan offense. And that offense is built around the run. I think that the goal of this offense was to try and protect Zach Wilson by running the ball effectively. 
and keeping him out of bad downs and distances. And that really did not happen the first couple of weeks of the season. And after Wilson went out, out of the lineup with an injury, they kind of made some adjustments and they've started throwing the ball more on earlier downs. So I think the run game was something they were counting on. I don't think it's been there. Again, last week they were good. Last week it was pretty effective, and maybe the change on the offensive line had something to do with that. But it's been a disappointment. You mentioned the ability to make men miss, and I think back to the Denver game when they played Michael Carter's teammate in Javante Williams, who had success against the Eagles, and I could really see a guy like Michael Carter having his way against this Eagles defense, which does allow running backs to get some yards on this team. You look now at the passing game, and I want to ask this from a perspective because they just bring in Zach Wilson this year. You bring in Elijah Moore. It has a lot to do with the guy who is making those selections in Joe Douglas, who comes from Philadelphia, comes from the general manager, Howie Roseman's tree. What has been your overall impression of Joe Douglas, and especially on this offense with those first few picks he made with him, AVT and Elijah Vera Tucker, and then Elijah Moore. What has been your perspective on that offense, and do you like the direction that they're headed? That's a great question, and before I get into it, I do want to put your mind at ease, Gino, and all you Eagles fans listening. Michael Carter's actually out of this game. He suffered an oh, ankle okay. injury a few weeks ago, so you guys can relax. Although the Jets did run the ball pretty effectively last week with a committee comprised of Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. I should have mentioned that when I was talking about Michael Carter. Uh, as far as Joe Douglas goes, I think it's too early to say whether or not he's the right guy for the Jets as their general manager. I think objectively he inherited a mess. The previous general manager and frankly, the two general managers who preceded him did a horrible job drafting. They did not make effective free agent signings. The cupboard was really bare when Joe Douglas arrived. And as Eagle fans may remember, the Jets hired Joe Douglas at kind of an odd time of the offseason. It was after the draft. It was after the Jets had spent a, what was then a record amount of money in free agency, and then they fired their general manager after that, after essentially letting him overhaul the roster. And that meant that Joe Douglas, his first year, really was not able to do a whole lot. Now, he did make a few moves. He signed Ryan Khalil to play center before the start of training camp, a move that really was a complete failure. But his first year really wasn't until 2020. And even then, the Jets still had a kind of a difficult cap situation. He really was not able to maneuver a whole lot. So this is the first Jets team that really you can say is Joe Douglas's. And so far the record has been mixed. I think if you look at his first draft class, there's a lot of disappointments. Now, some of it's not his fault. Makai Becton, the first round pick in 2020 has missed pretty much the entire season this year. He got hurt the first week against Carolina, suffered a knee injury. The Jets are hoping to get him back at some point before the end of the season. Second round pick Denzel Mims, there's a lot of different stories on him. It just has not meshed with the coaching staff. You know, we don't really know the whole story there, but the coaches just don't want to play him. Uh, third round picks were Ashton Davis, who's been kind of a disappointment. You'll see him at safety this week. He's been a liability in the back of this defense. Another third round pick was Jabari Zaniga, who's a practice squatter right now. The one saving grace of this draft class was the fifth round pick Bryce Hall, a corner who looks like he's going to be a quality starter. But the 2021 class looks pretty good right now. Now, Zach Wilson struggled, but you mentioned Elijah Vera Tucker. The Jets traded up for him in the first round. He looks good. He looks promising. We talked about Elijah Moore. We talked about Michael Carter. So there are some pieces on this offense the Jets have. And 
In addition to that, they got a guy who looks like a steal in the fifth round, Michael Carter II. Jets actually drafted two players named Michael Carter this year. Mm -hmm. Michael Carter out of North Carolina, Michael Carter II out of Duke. Michael Carter II is a slot corner, and he's been very good. So there are some promising signs here. Now, Douglas has taken a different approach than other recent Jets general managers. The Jets have had a number of general managers, Mike Tannenbaum and Mike McCagnan, who really spent big in free agency. Douglas has spent in free agency, but he's avoided the guys at the top of the market. He's looked for more, I don't know if value deals is the right word, because Corey Davis got a pretty big money deal. Carl Lawson got a pretty big money deal, but they've avoided like the really splashy big name guys in free agency, which is an approach I appreciate because that approach has backfired for the Jets in the past. I think the jury is still out on Joe Douglas. This is really kind of year one of the rebuild. The Jets are the youngest team in the NFL. So you were expecting to take some losses this year. There's been some good, some bad, some promising, some disturbing. I think we need to wait and see. That's what we're doing here with Howie Roseman, and we've been waiting or seeing for 12 years now, and that's one of those things. If you don't find a general manager that has the connection with your coaching staff, you are going to be in trouble, and I think Joe Douglas is in that position right now. You bring in Sala, who's a defensive-minded head coach. You could kind of take away the development issues on the defensive side of the ball, knowing that your head coach is going to be very hands-on. Looking at this defense, the last question I'll ask you, do you like the direction of this defense and what your head coach is doing? Because sometimes, and I know in Philadelphia, they haven't loved the idea of bringing in defensive-minded head coaches. Has it been okay with Robert Sala and his messaging? And has his defense, I know they allow a lot of points, but do you see the intricacies and in what he wants to do, the vision he has for that defense? I see what he wants to do. He has not been able to implement it yet. And part of that may just go back to him not having the players yet. It's not been good. And I think it's been disappointing. Salah has talked about how he wants to keep the defense simple so guys can play fast. They don't have to overthink things. Well, you've seen a lot of instances where guys have been in the wrong position, where they've not communicated well. The Jets are a team that likes to drop the extra safety in the box. Well, they haven't been very good against the run. So the things this defense is built on, they have not done that effectively. Another thing they like to do is limit the big plays. Well, they haven't done a very good job of that. The defense is pretty slow. Now, again, part of this is probably due to the players. I think that last week, notwithstanding, one of the troubling things is that the defense has gotten worse as the years go on. Now, that does not mean that Robert Sala is destined to be a failure. doesn't mean I'm ready to give up on him. But listen, I'd be lying to you if I told you before the end of the, before the start of the season that we'd be where we are and I'd be happy. I think it's been a disappointment so far. He has time to recover. And again, a lot of it is due to personnel. Jets are playing a very young defense. I think a lot of the guys starting on this defense are not going to be here in the long run. But I don't think it's reached expectations so far this year. I think both teams are in that position with their head coaches that they're still evaluating. And this Sunday will be a good test. Two guys in Nick Sirianni and Robert Sala that will be going head-to-head for the first time. First time in a couple seasons, the Eagles will be taking on the New York Jets in regular season action. That'll do it for us here on this Crossover Thursday edition of the show. I'm Gino Camilleri. You can find me on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. You can find us at Lockdown Birds. Find my co-host at DBSLOE. John, let our Lockdown Eagles fans know where they can find you and your work for the Jets. 
I actually am not on Twitter, but you can follow my work at gangreennation.com of SB Nation. All right, that'll do it for us here on this Crossover Thursday edition of the show, Locked On Eagles and Locked On Jets, your first listen of each and every day, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Gino Camilleri signing off. Fly, Eagles, fly.